Hi everyone. Um, so we are going to be moving around a lot of our times. We're, we're thinking of uh, moving our Bad Cats Cafe. We're bringing it back to the Discord, I think, because we've always loved that kind of chilled approach. And then we're going to have something called the Fat Cat Show. Um, we're going to start the first one on um, next Thursday at 6 p.m. ET and possibly Monday at 6 p.m. ET as well. I'm just fiddling with my schedule. But um, WGMI is restructuring what they do on Twitter. So I will be doing one big panel a week likely for WGMI. So that does allow me to kind of, you know, take over that time. And I noticed that many of you prefer kind of the 6 p.m. slot. Uh, so we'll be aiming for that. In addition to that, um, you know, most of the kind of stuff regarding the mentors and research researchers is covered at the weekly AMA and also by the mentors having discussions. I mean, we've got a very open discord, right? So there's not much like other than hanging together, there isn't much we need to do in kind of a research meeting. So we're going to, we, you know, but what I am being requested a lot of is to kind of do, you know, spend the time giving a class on something. Um, so, you know, Tuesday at 5 p.m. ET, uh, we're going to aim to have a kind of a class that will be recorded on different topics. Uh, if you're interested in those classes, you can go to AMA Recordings and you'll find a couple of them there already. Uh, I wanted to kind of check in again on, you know, play and earn games. Uh, I was streaming the other night Metal Call and I noticed like a lot of people had suddenly gaming questions again and wow, what is that? And so I just wanted to go into kind of, um, kind of the state of the gaming economy. Um, and I thought, you know, let's start with a bit of history. So the first kinds of games we saw, um, and, and I want to preface by saying, you know, to me, a metaverse platform is something that is primarily a social platform, like Second Life, Minecraft and Roblox, with some gaming elements attached as well, right? Gamification. Whereas a game to me is more something that has a central aspect that you can win, even if it's on repeat, right? There can be daily quests and things like that, but there's something that you can win, right? So whether it be as simple as a poker game, uh, which is, you know, high strategy, low graphic fidelity, if you will, uh, or something as complex as um, Fortnite, those are games. And they are heavily connected in Web3, right? It's, you know, it's very nice to put everything in a box, uh, but, you know, they are heavily connected. And so when we look at, you know, blockchain games, uh, I think, you know, we do have to consider something like CryptoKitties to be a game, right? There was a breeding aspect to it. There was a lot of strategy involved. Do you hodl? Do you breed? Do you sell it off to others? You pair with other people, et cetera, et cetera. There was gamification to that. And, you know, the, the natural kind of um, children of that were things like Creep Season 1. Um, you had um, Wolf Game. Uh, you know, you've got Beatbot. Those are, you know, what we would call high social strategy games with low kind of fidelity, right? There isn't much requirement. It's all on the blockchain. There isn't much graphical and stuff requirement. So those are your kind of um, what I would call social games, and there's room for them even now. Um, then you have what I call, you know, on the other extreme, the blockbuster games that are being built, right? Uh, the ones that I think most people have heard about are Illuvium, uh, Mirandus, Metalcore, if you saw me streaming the other day, big time. These are being built by full gaming studios. They are years under development, 
predominantly on the Unreal Engine, some on the Unity Engine, massive teams, full design, quests, player versus environment, player versus player, scalability, and so on, right? That is, that is on the other extreme. And then in the middle is what I would call kind of all the indie studios, which is what a lot of you, what you, a lot of you will see, um, you know, as popping up as NFT projects, right? Um, you know, good examples of that were um, Beyond Earth, which aims to be big, but it starts as an indie studio. Axie Infinity started as an indie studio, right? Part of the reason why they're, you know, and we'll get into the economics of games soon, part of the reason why they had such trouble is because they started as an indie studio, grew so fast, and couldn't keep, you know, make the economy complex enough to support uh, their ultimate goals. Um, so, you know, when we look at kind of, you know, the games, they fall in the kind of, you know, those either these strategy games or high fidelity games. And then is it a triple A studio or is it more of an indie game being built? Um, you know, when you want to look at some of the successful indie games that have been built and are doing well, a lot of them were created on the wax chain. Uh, you know, I've, um, I'm an ETH maxi when it comes to investing. Uh, but, you know, when you want to see how these successful games are going and what's been happening, Wax is a really great place to look. I mean, Splinterlands by every measure was a major success. Um, uh, correct me, Gladiator Alien Planet. What's that other one that was had staking? Uh, the people did a lot of staking with Alien Planet or something? Or Alien, Alien World. Alien, Alien World. Thank you. So another major success. Then some minor ones, Blockchain Miners. There were uh, a, a couple of really you know quality games. Uh, as well as a, a really large metaverse platform that's still operational, that's low fidelity, but high strategy, Upland is still there. Um, so, you know, you, you want to look at this whole spectrum um, to learn the space, and then you can pick kind of what route you want to go investing-wise. So, um, and then, you know, as I mentioned, there's the metaverse platforms. Again, these comes in all shapes and sizes. Uh, you know, some of them, you know, I feel, for example, with Upland, both the chain it was on uh, and at the speed that it's building, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's lost its first mover advantage. Uh, when you compare it to something like Other Side, which has this enormous war chest, is built on the Unreal Engine, has the ability uh, to have a continuous world, can have, you know, 4,000 people in a single place, right? These are the extremes you're operating with. And, you know, as I say, I want people to know what Spectrum is out there because the gaming sector in Web3 is growing at such a fast rate that you kind of can't do in every, can't be everything. If you're a trader, right? If you're a trader, and I want to kind of, you know, preface with this. If you're a trader and you're looking for flips, you know, look at DJ and Haim today, they do well. You don't have to know if the game's going to do well, right? When it comes to trading in this space, it's all about the technical analysis and it's all about the narrative. If there's a big enough narrative, that's great. No one actually cares if it's going to be built, okay? Or there may be a few hodlers that do, and it's good for the space if they do, but predominantly a lot of these kind of projects that minted these mini games and things, uh, you know, from Nine Tales and so on, people were, you know, flipping for the narrative, right? Um, and so if you're trading, uh, that's what you want to be looking at. You want to look at the hype, you want to look at the narrative and so on. What I want to focus on more is what I think is a sustainable uh, gaming economy that's coming and might be the main mass adoption utility case that we see uh, for NFTs, you know, in, in the next couple of years. Because 
uh, you know, when you do look at these blockbuster games, and as I said, I was, you know, Metal Core, I streamed yesterday, and I might stream again a bit today. They've got another day for their test run. It's bloody, bloody impressive. And the fact that, you know, kind of I was waiting that for eight months, they were quietly building in the background, and they, they managed to get these demos out. And the same goes for Big Time, by the way. The Big Time demo, uh, we gave out a number of Ruby passes. Very, very impressive. And also uh, Mirandas. I mean, I love the playtest for Mirandas. And, you know, these are games that I can see um, could get mass adoption, could have people playing regularly, could build up a large following and so on. So, you know, if you are looking for investment grade assets, you know, you're looking for the long term over here. That's what we founded Crown Capital for, you know, as a sister kind of to Fat Cats, because that's what I was interested in. I couldn't, you know, there are lots of these little NFT projects that come that I can get in the narrative, make a flip. I wish them the very best, right? I really, you know, I'm not a snob when it comes to indie games. I just don't think they can compete, right? When you look at, um, you know, the history of Steam and all of these mobile games, tons and tons and tons of games come out a year and most of them don't get a, a big enough user base. They might get a core fellowship that are interested and that's something. But when I'm, you know, when I'm dealing with a shortage of time, I want to go for those games that one can have, you know, mass adoption potential, two have studios with enormous war chests that can continue to build uh, and not just close the game. I mean, people forget this, but games close all the time because they've lost their subscription base, they ran out of money, et cetera, et cetera. I also want, um, games with complex economies. And this is maybe why I discredit all of the indie ones so much. Uh, and that's what I wanted to talk about here today. So if you look at the history of the blockchain games, most of them had staking aspects to them, right? Um, very much Ponzonomics, if we're honest, right? If you look at these kind of like Axie Infinity and stuff, everyone could see the writing on the wall. If you've got a, a single trick pony where everyone is just coming in to earn, right? To stake, right? There were a lot of these games where you just staked and you left it and you just checked your staking every day and got the rewards. If they came in to earn, to stake, not really for the gameplay and stuff, and then there were not many burn mechanics, right? Obviously, then that, works somewhat of a pyramid scheme. It keeps doing well as long as people keep adding money, right? New people keep coming in. The moment that music stops, uh, it, it, it's a race down to the bottom. And that's what you saw with Axie Infinity, unfortunately, um, because it was a single trick pony. So for those who are not familiar with the economy, Axie Infinity was like a Magic the Gathering Pokemon kind of game. You had your axes go up against each other. I found it quite fun, to be honest. Uh, but the most of the people that they attracted were coming for the earn aspect. And you battled them every day. And if you beat people, you got love potion. And then the love potions could be used to breed more axes. And then you could sell those axes on the market or you could cash out your SLP, your love potions. And that was working as long as you know, new, Bayer, new users were coming in. Uh, they rapidly grew to two and a half million active users, which was insane. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a proof case to us that there's interest, but it truly was insane that literally, you know, uh, they went from kind of 50K to 400K to 800K to two and a half million and then peaked and, you know, kind of crashed. Um, and so after Axie's debacle, 
all of these VCs and DAOs and stuff that had raised funds were in serious trouble because they had told everyone a messaging. Firstly, a lot of them held a lot of Axie assets, but also the messaging had been play and play to earn, right? That was a buzz phrase, right? Everyone was saying play to earn. You know, I remember when I was kind of raising money for Crown Capital at the time and Townstar was also getting started on Gala. You know, I literally said the word play to earn and, and, and an angel came out of heaven and handed me a thousand dollars. I mean, we raised money so fast for Crown Capital it was ridiculous, relatively speaking, to how we had to kind of work so hard to get fat cats going. And that was because there was this kind of crazy euphoria. And the moment Axie shit hit the fan, you had all these games that had raised a ton of money with the promise of play to earn and um, a promise that they couldn't deliver. So everyone quickly backtracked. You know, Guild of Guardians still says play to earn. I think Immutable X still says play to earn. But they all kind of backtracked and said, no, 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 no. We meant play and earn. Okay, because if you don't, because they wanted to say like this, the real problem with Axie Infinity was that it wasn't fun. Okay, if it was fun, then it would have been sustainable. And, um, you know, the biggest kind of player in this messaging is probably is probably big time because big time said, look, we've got sustainability. We always knew this wasn't sustainable. We know that the only economy that's sustainable is one that there's no play to win. So there can't be any buffs. Uh, but it has to be a skin-based economy, right? And, you know, they never actually said that in the beginning. They, that came like, a, you know, when I hosted them on WGMI for an AMA, I was like, oh, shit. Because, you know, they'd never really told us how the economy and the tokenomics were going to work. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, you know, you do all these quests and stuff and you get skins. And then those skins are like a social flex, you know, because you, everyone will see you've got these rare things and there'll be limited editions. And, and it's, it's not that I don't think that in the future a game like that can succeed. Big time might be the one to pull it off. But the problem with a skin-based economy, right, where you have a cosmetic item, is that if you look at Fortnite and stuff, it's, it's a small group, it's a 5 to 10% of the population that's really interested in their kind of, you know, the cosmetics of their home, the cosmetics of their avatar, and they end up supporting the whole economy, right? Like most people just will get the subscription. And then you've got, you know, this 5 to 10% group that are, you know, big spenders always buying the next Christmas edition gun and, and so on. And so, you know, we've kept a small holding in big time because of this at Crown. But that is, uh, that is one kind of solution that has been put forward that is potentially sustainable. The big red flag for big time is that who have you actually attracted, right? Like just like when we talk about NFTs, you know, when I look at some of the things like Habit Nest and stuff, it's a great product they're creating, right? Somebody would want it, Psychedelic Anonymous as well. I mean, life coaching is great, but have you reached your right audience? And similarly with the games, unfortunately, the most people that have been attracted to these early games are investors, right? Maybe we can call them player investors because some of them are also willing to play and enjoying, but most of them are looking to get a return, an APY on the money they put in. If they buy a space, right, which is like the land that you can go back to craft in and stuff, they want to see some kind of APY. Uh, or at the very least, if you're going to build a strong collector's hodler crowd, they want to see that the prices on the secondary market are good so that they kind of can keep growing the collection and feeling like it's got value. Because that's one of the amazing things about all of this being on the blockchain is that, uh, you know, if you have valuable skins from five years ago in EVE or, or, or Fortnite, 
there's nothing you can do with it, right? Unless you try and sell your account, which is illegal and a violation of terms of service and you might lose everything, right? And so, um, you know, that was the one solution of big time was like, take away this kind of grindy aspect and circular economy, breeding economy and don't give any buffs kind of thing and make it a skin economy. And I hope it works. You know, they've one thing that they've got to, to the advantage is they've got a, a stellar team um, they've also, you know, the team behind the central land, they've got a lot of money over there. Uh, they're also first mover advantage. I mean, they knocked out a product that is workable and enjoyable faster than pretty much anyone. So, you know, watch big time. I think it's worth watching closely. I also want to say kind of something that I say often, but I'll repeat it over here is, you know, I am not uh, a maxi on decentralized governance, right? I think that if one of the shittiest ways to get a shitty game is to ask your community all the time, what do they think of everything? Okay, because then they just act as lobby groups, you know, most of them just want more tokens or something else like that. It's good to get feedback, but good games are created by people who have a history of quality game development, who have done studies, who, who check what people enjoy, et cetera, et cetera. We know what people enjoy because we can check their retention. We can check how long people spend on levels, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I am pro, you know, centralized governance when it comes to businesses. I want these businesses to be on par with Web2 businesses, if not better, but I want the decentralized ownership of my assets so that if I do violate terms of service or if I don't like the game anymore or whatever, like I did with Upland, I can vote with my feet, not with my FUD, right? Uh, and that is what I think is so kind of revolutionary over here and important. Um, cool, we can talk about that afterwards. Um, okay, so that's the one model. The other model that I'm looking for is kind of um, complex economies. Um, you know, when I look at Illuvium or when I look at Metalcore and Miranda's, I'm going to talk about Miranda's first because it's almost the other extreme of a complex economy. So Miranda's is trying to simulate a medieval fantasy world. There's going to be death. Death is going to have penalties. If you die, you have to be resurrected. You have to pay the graveyard owner. It's a big spiel. You know, it's player versus environment, although they will have kind of, you know, quests, you know, player versus player tournaments and things. But it basically, it, it merges the RuneScape aspect of grinding. So you go out to, into the forest to harvest wood and stuff. You can get eaten by an orc or a goblin. Uh, you go out and, and bring back these resources. You bring them back to the safety of the towns, which are owned by players. In these towns, player-owned institutions like you know, blacksmiths and stuff, crafties into weapons and things. Uh, all the food needs to come into the town so that you can replenish yourself and, you know, have your social negotiations and stuff going on in there, play mini games, uh, gamble in the tavern. They've already made some mini games and stuff. So you've got the, the, the RuneScape aspect. You've got the social aspect of the town. Um, and then you've got, and then you've got the aspect of, um, the questing, right? People can then take these swords and stuff, go on these epic quests to kill one of one monsters that release legendary swords that are, again, those important skins and buffs and stuff like that that people will pay a premium for. What is important over here is that the game itself 
will not is, is selling a limited amount of assets and all the, the, the buff items, the sword and things are player created from harvesting, you know, around the space. I assume they will not honor not creating skins. I think any game you get into now, friends, you must expect that they're going to do like sometimes Christmas drops or things like that. But these will be valuable skins as opposed to more buffs and things, right? In other words, they will avoid the 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 Yu-Gi-Oh disaster. You know, Yu-Gi-Oh, for those who played some of these card games, Yu-Gi-Oh every season would come out with um, greater cards that basically invalidated the previous collections. Whereas Magic the Gathering would not do that to itself. Rather, it made the cards that could be, you know, in cycle seasonal, thus creating a strong collector core and player core. Uh, I'm, you know, overly simplifying over here. But that is what, to me, makes Mirandus a complex economy. And similarly, when you look at Illuvium, what is cool about Illuvium is it, it also has uh, this complex aspect. In other words, its end result is a chess match, right? You'll be doing a battle versus battle on an esports level tournament uh, against different players who bring their monsters and stuff. But how do they get those monsters? Instead of just opening booster packs, they go on a hunt for Illuvials and then assemble their team from that and trade with others and swap and so on. And the resources needed, the gasoline and things needed for them to go and hunt for these Illuvials um, comes from the landowners who are selling their fuel to the open market. So for example, you know, in Crown, we do not want to run an esports league. We want to be service providers. So we've bought into the land because we want to be kind of part of an OPEC consortium over there. Um, similarly, with you know, big time, we want to rent the spaces. We don't want to run these kind of guilds that are running around questing for these valuable items. Um, so those are kind of the complex, the complex games that are out there. Um, and so when I look at indie games, what, what makes me nervous is so much of their focus right now is making games that people enjoy, but that's not Web3, right? Yes, it's Web3 in the fact that it's player-owned assets, but why would people want to own your assets if there isn't a secondary valuable market, if they aren't kind of equity holders in your business in a way, right? Because, you know, when, when I talk about something like Mirandas, we own the town, right? There's only 100 towns. I am essentially an equity owner in that business. They structured it, thankfully, in a way that I don't pass the Howie test, but that's what you are, right? Basically, instead of the game owning all of the assets and, and, and the VCs sharing in the profit, here they have raised their capital by using us as the player investors, right? We will both run these towns, but also uh, bought these towns. And so when I look at these indie games, so many of them are focusing on making the game fun, but they have very little answers when it comes to what will be the burn mechanics, what will you know, make your economy not a Ponzi and sustainable. Because otherwise you're gonna see the cycle, right? People get hyped in, that's a great flip opportunity. Then when they announce it's gonna be opening, another narrative starts, early adoption happens, it's insane, there's 100 X's on the breeding, blah, 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 the coin goes to the moon. The savvy investors jump shift and then it loses 98%, right? That has been, unfortunately, so much of the cycle with shitcoins and also with these kind of gaming tokens and stuff. Uh, it just is a reality. You can play that, right? Alex, if you want good technical analysis on that, Neo Tokyo and Alex Becker are always doing charts on these kinds of gaming coins. There is a lot of money to be made there. But I'm personally more interested in the sustainable long-term games because I think this is kind of a digital property REIT, right? This is a way to have, you know, a property empire uh, digitally. Um, 
Okay, and then one other aspect I want to talk about before kind of we can open up the questions and comments and stuff is similarly, what impressed me other than all the graphics and things for other side is that other side cleverly took the very best, in my opinion, of Second Life and Roblox and stuff. And it's going to be a very open-ended platform, right? You can do what you want in your land. Um, you know, you can make mini games over there. You can turn into Clubhouse. You can sell some resources, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, sorry, um, deco and skins and things. But they've gamified the land. In other words, they've created a reason for everyone to check in, to come in, get the resources, go to the Gora, and get involved because those resources are what you will use to craft items in other words anyone can upload a template any artist we can kind of commission templates from artists all the time but if you want to craft those goods you need the resources and those resources are a finite item that is being drawn from the land and so they've managed to make a social platform but gamified it for the land holders so you know this is why kind of I'm looking at so many of the other metaverses and I'm concerned they won't reach critical mass. There isn't enough people interested. They haven't really thought through the gamification. You know, once you have a, a game changer like, like other side, yes, of course, when the big boys arrive, Warner Bros and, and Unity and, Unre when, and, and Epic arrive and do something from scratch, Meta, of course they can compete with Yuga. But when you compare what's going on in other side to something like you know, Webiverse, it's, 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 it's a bit ridiculous. It's a bit ridiculous, in my opinion. Not to say that there isn't, you know, I don't wish these games the very best, but I am a player investor. I want to enjoy the experience and I am, am, am here to make funds and make a profitable return. So that's kind of where we were at, I feel, on the state of the gaming world, the blockchain gaming world. Um, yeah, let's open up to some people. I mean, I mean, you're obviously looking for long-term, you know, returns and stuff. So, like, when you're investing in, like, these big games and stuff, you know, you drop in, like, you know, lots of ETH and, and you know, it's though it's still, like, not a playable game. It's, like, a year out or something with hopes that it does gain value where, like, a Webiverse, if you got in early and dump, like, you know, the same amount of ETH you you would have play you know play the play the flip play the value but yeah you're not really you're you're giving them funds because to help them build but you're not really like um you know for yourself you're just you're you're in you're out yeah so um the returns the returns you know more volatile but not you know it's more more likely that you're you can go in you could have gone in a webiverse you know with two ETH early on and and got out if you, if you if you if you needed to and then maybe play back in if you if you really believe in the project so like say like Dgenheim today like that's you know they're they're building they're growing it is an indie game it's not long term playable you know playable but you know you can still you know support support these the other because the other other like, like for example like shrapnel like we've heard about shrapnel and we know they're they're game, game developers and we know that there's probably something there long term but you know do i really want to you know sink my eth into something that you know could be something 
Okay, so now you're talking about investment strategies, right? And DO, DO, everyone. And I'm glad you brought this up because, you know, look at us with fat cats, right? Fat cats and crown to me were always places to park my wealth. That was, that was my intention with them, right? And Parker always said, what are you doing this for, Dylan? Well, community and, and a long-term place to park my wealth. That doesn't mean that we also can't arbitrage, right? When you become an expert, right? I consider myself, no one's fucking experts yet. I mean, we're all fucking wing. But relatively speaking, I'd like to think I know a little bit more about blockchain games than most of the, the tarts and asses, you know, floating about this space. You know, they, they might be better shillers than I am and can tell people narratives because I keep, I, maybe I keep fudding before I, I, I sell, you know, I, I shouldn't, you're supposed to continue the narrative until you flip. But you can, you can, Use your expertise to, to do trades, right? I, I'm, I bought into DJ Home. I'm going to flip it. You know, nothing wrong with that. Um, and similarly, you can, you know, you can be trading other side deeds to make a profit while also parking your money into other side deeds, right? You can be taking profit and rolling it into a coda or biogenic swamp or something that you really want, right? So, you know, there's nothing wrong with aka trading the narrative stuff and also trading the stuff that you believe in long term because you become an expert in it i know someone in with mirandas um that holds about two and a half million dollars in mirandas assets and he's also traded about a million dollars in profit over there right because you know when he saw opportunities he bought and sold he bought and sold so uh yeah yeah i think that's the point you're making right it's about trade it sure but, but do understand that, you know, again, it's like dollar cost averaging into ETH, right? I buy and sell ETH all the time, and yet I'm also an ETH maxi, right? I want to get as much ETH. It's just why leave money on the table when I see something that seems clear as day to me, right? Yep. I mean, the crown, the crown token, I think we're like 75% down from our seed round. I don't care. I know some people no. care. But I don't care because I just keep dollar cost averaging in because I want those games, right? Well, real quick, we'll stay there because, you know, looking at Mirandas and the coin, it's probably down 80 plus percent right now as well. Is that a good way to maybe price these games? Oh, that would put Mirandas at just over 800 billion. Which coin are you looking at? The Materium coin? Yeah. Miranda's is what's the initial M and B. You're looking uh, at Ethereum, yeah. There's so little on the market. Can't even. Yeah. yeah. There's none of, they haven't even. Uh, there's not even minted yet, kind of thing. Like it's like. Yeah, it's super early trade. You know, more of a two to four year look on it. No, 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 and, no. But I mean, you know, no. But I mean that the Ethereum coin, because the game isn't open yet, it's not even being like they know the max supply, but. If you look how much yeah. is in circulation, you'll see it's a tiny, tiny amount. Exactly. I, I'm just trying to yes. forecast. Yes, I think, yes. I yeah, think get a base yes. set yes. for value in these projects. Yeah, go and look at all. Yeah, go and look at. Well, no, you see, this is a problem, Parker. Depends what you mean by that, right? The value of these projects is they are going to be income producing assets. Like Alex Becker, though, you're more of a coin trader. So. If you want to trade the coins, the game coins have made huge swings, right? There's lots of opportunity to get in on trading the coins. 
So yeah, exactly. I'm not looking to farm. I'm more on the token side of it. Yes, but I would say, I would say though, although I am not bullish on the whole Gala ecosystem, right? I cherry pick, I cherry pick uh, which games I want us in. If they're trying to be like the Steam of Web three, when it comes to trading coins, go for the biggest games. Right, because it's the same volume story. So it's probably better for you to trade the Gala token and the Illuvium token than the token of like Townstar or Mirandus, which is more niche. Yeah, no, I would agree. That, that would be more the staple for the portfolio um, and have those, but more high, way high risk, long shots. You know, look at Mirandus there. Yeah. It's hard, yeah, hard to get a face for what it could be worth and what it is worth. Yeah, but remember, most of these people are not... The Miranda's coin, once it has its utility, meaning it's being used in-game, then you'll see very different price numbers. But until it's being used, it's technical traders playing narrative, as per usual, which is fine. Every time there's a, a game release or demo, then the, the coin pumps and so on. But it's still probably better to play Gala because most of these people are not studying these games, and so they're looking at the you know, top 10 gaming coins, right? They might not even notice the material one, so they might not, might not get the volume you want. Yeah, no, this would be speculative, high risk, hold it, forget about it for a long, you know, a while. You know, Alluvium and Gala definitely have those. Like, like, definitely have that in the portfolio. Like, look, every time... Every time there's an, a nice article about the metaverse, it doesn't matter if it's about other side or sandbox, or whatever, all the metaverse coins pump. Right? No one's making a distinction which metaverse. They don't care. They're trading the metaverse narrative. Have you noticed that, by the way? Mm -hmm. No. Like if Ape is really pumping... Except if it's like very ape-specific news, you often see the sand token is also pumped. So yeah, if, you, if you're bullish on the gaming ecosystem like Alex Becker says he is, there are definitely better opportunities than just hodling. My personal approach as you know, my net worth has grown in the space, is to trade with some of my money and park some of my money. Right? Um, I mean, even my ape, you know, parked a lot of money to get an ape. But I was also able to take a loan against that ape, so then I can, you know, keep using some of the liquidity. But I think it's important for people to... Um, oh, Degenheim. Are we selling Degenheim? Have you all sold yet? What's it at? Hmm? What's it at? 17. 0.17. This is what the chart looks like. I mean, it's still it's somewhat of an upward trend. You can't really tell anything yet, but it's on its support for lack of.
Escobar, are you still holding? Fuck ton of volume though, wow. Nearly 600 ETH volume. What's up? DJ name. DJ name. Have you sold yeah. it? No. He bought no. one more as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so fast. You got some times. You got some of the stuff consolidated. I know that the Genesis holders are eyeing the floor and trying to figure out when a good time is. Apparently, there's some like speculation they're going to get some added stuff. If, you know, so I don't know. They know more than us. But yeah, I don't know. It's. Ooh. Could play it, watch it, watch it. I mean, it, it, if 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 you, if, if it's a good time to probably get out if you don't want to wait for this thing out. But you know, it's I'm I'm willing to to kind of wait out the day and, and then check the alpha callers and stuff in the channels tonight and see what's going on. Cool. What is this VCX announcement that you put over here? What the hell is VCX? How does it sound? Um, Venture Venture. Capital X is a is a new project, so like they uh, onboarding like Moon Bursi, CEO of yeah. Moonbird and founder of One to One G dot com. Yes, I I, I, I met with these I guys. Know Ryan, I've spoken to him numerous times. I didn't know what I Yeah, so it's a new project like uh, it's a like venture capital. Yeah, uh, yeah, something like the for the private funding, you know. What is it about? Yeah, so I've met with these guys, you know, half a dozen times, um, and I think they, I, I connected them with Brett and, um, at one point, and I thought they, I thought Brett jumped on board. Some of their marketing material had Brett and Crypto Brandon on board, but um, you know what it, what it is is just it's a it's a venture capital, not VC. It's not venture capital. It's like they they get they get IPO like early access to like IPOs and stuff so it's right. not even crypto related. Yeah, I might have I might have made the intros, but it's still like I don't. They they've had they have so much money they can just dump into like marketing stuff and I, that's that's what I've kind of gauged. They've they've tried to go to mint like twice already and then with with different supply accounts and different mint prices and stuff so um i still i can't continue to see them pop up in in like high level raffles um but i'm just i just shake my head because i i i don't know why these i don't i don't know what they're trying to achieve <laughs> You know, if this, I mean, if you want to, if you want to invest in like, you know, get in like first dibs on like, um, some good potential, go for it. But this is, not, I, this is not the market. I don't, this isn't the market for it. So I don't know what their, their, their hope is. Yeah, Brett is, Brett is on the side. Brett and Brett, okay. yeah. Yeah. 
So it's you know it's taking their Web two experience and and just building an NFT out of it, but they're they're not bringing in Web two people. They're they're trying to pitch it to us and the web the, the whitelisters and the and the magmas and. Well, that's what I said to them. That's what I said to them. I said, "Why are you?" Why are you coming to us? They said, well, because we're bringing Web 2 deal flow to Web 3 people. I'm like, that's a bit bad. Yeah, yeah I know. I, that's, my, that's my thing. I think there was like a 0.5 mint price at it at one point, but mm, actually, no, it was more like one point something, and then it it's probably five, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's not... I mean, maybe they build their... They find their people. I hope they do, but, you know, it's not something I'm going to... You know, I'm interested in. I mean, the NFT. Yeah, I just don't see it like being that valuable. If there's, you know, 500 people that go in, most of them are probably doing it because they think it's going to be a flip or something. Now they do. Yeah. Now they definitely do. Now we now we want some white spots again. Yeah, and they get Ryan Carson in there and. Do you want some wireless spots? I'll get yeah, them. Yeah, why not? Now we do. Okay. What happened? <laughs> why not? I mean... Uh, yeah, of course, of course. That's basically... Do you guys want these? Or, or I'm just letting you know, though, it's like... Like, I'm I'm really shaky on the whole, the whole thing. I'm also shaky. But I know they have, but, but, they have tons of money to throw into, like, marketing campaigns. Cause yeah. I, I, I can I swear I had one, like, six months ago. Mm. I know. That's, that's I don't even know if that would count anymore. But I thought, uh, Look, if they don't make it, we'll flip them the bird. Now they've got the bird. So. I just, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> is this an alpha call thing, or is this a... Or alpha, or is this... No, 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 we can do Fat Cats collab on this. Come on, come on. You know, no one has to use the white spot, but I mean, come on. I mean, it's a legitimate project, maybe. It is, it is, yes, it is. No, we don't see the legit. point, meaning that's, you know, I just don't understand, like, why? Some people yeah. Yeah. They are creating something like Mr. Elon, like, in early days of, like, the crypto ICOs, you know? So people used to make like private funding before the ICO, you know. No, I totally, so I totally, for the ICO for the crypto and for the IPO as well, they're gonna do it. No, Gladiator, I totally understand the point. It's like there's people like Bricknest who came to us. Do you remember Bricknest? They were like going to do yes. timeshare, and I'm like, guys, this, this market <laughs> is illiquid. This is the most illiquid market. And on top of it being an illiquid market, you want people to have to do their KYCs now before buying on OpenSea. You, you do know that there are property markets all over the world. Why don't you open a REIT? Why, why Web, well, we believe in Web3? And Okay, I also believe in Web3, but that doesn't mean, you know, every product is, is ready for Web3 yet.
Okay, any any more gaming questions? Okay, you, you want to add anything? I think, for, by the way, gaming? yeah, I also want, um, I also want to add that for a lot of our fat cat holders and crown capital holders, a lot of them share a common factor that many of them don't trade. I know many of you are traders and agents, but many of them do not trade. I think that's an important factor that people, for example, go into Crown Capital's Discord, it's dead. And it's not dead because people are concerned it's being dead. It's that most of them are not on Web3. Like a lot of our Crown Capital holders are lawyers, doctors. Hell, we've got a Manchester United coach. We've got three national team players in the UK. They're minding their own business. They wanted exposure, right? They buy Ethereum and Bitcoin to HODL. They buy gold to HODL. They buy real estate in a property REIT. They wanted exposure to the games. They wanted a 10x over a couple of years, not a week. So, you know, you know whereas I'm an active trader, but I still know that, like, you know, if you flip 10 ETH into to, to, to 100 ETH, you can't then just flip 100 ETH into 1,000 ETH. So, like, that's not... That's not a good way to behave. Okay, you can. That's like the people that keep doubling down on the poker table and usually leave with a debt. Okay, it's, it's, it's good to park as you grow, to park some of your money into kind of longer term huddles and to just flip everything. You know, so I still think that for, you know, for those of you who are trading, trade. There's nothing, you know, you know, if you're a trader, is it is it is a good idea right now to park money into Miranda's assets or even Crown Capital? Probably not. Even fat cats. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. If you're an active trader, fat cats is likely to go sideways for some time. You know, we're we're a slow growth. We've we've you know we've got an agenda. We're not going to pop off with some narrative and 20x tomorrow. It's not happening. Many of you know this and are okay with that. Uh, you know, Rapjack and Curti are always like, you know, I don't even know why I'm here. I mean, this is not my thing, but I love being here. And, I, you know, I'm just calling them out because they say it themselves all the time. They usually just flip stuff. Um, so, yeah, you know, you can do two things at once. You don't have to have a single uh, philosophy. That's important. Personally, never learned it. Trading. What happened to the other side? What's the floor price? What's that? Why, why, why is everyone asking what happened to the other side? What happened? I didn't see anything. Oh, I don't know. No, we were just talking about flipping and, oh. flipping and trading in it. Mm -hmm. It was an option that we were speaking of. Are there people actively doing that? Uh, yes, like, yes, yes, yes. On the, like, the floor stuff? Um, I focus more on the coders and the biogenic swamps, but there are people that are flipping floor, right. sure. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think there is. I remember there there is something going on mm. with it because I do remember seeing um, a couple people make comments about it today. I haven't checked on what it is, but there 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 is right now. 
Like, 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 like right now. Like right, right now. You want to talk? You don't ever stutter, mister? Don't start with me today. Damn. Escobar's like, I have ideas. Huge ideas. My ideas are so huge that if we drive them into the ideas, they'll be huge. Okay, back to you. Yeah. Huge. It's going to be huge. Anyway. If we're going to um, be yoga if, labs, and it's going to be huge. If you're just All going to... All the way to yoga. And it's going to be huge. <laughs> I would say this when it comes to other side deeds. I mean, I gave a lecture on this. You can see it in AMA recordings. But if you're going to just trade floor other side deeds, you're probably better off trading 8coin. Unless you, unless, you know, you prefer to get stuck holding right. other side deeds versus yeah. ApeCoin, in my opinion. If you are looking for arbitrage on the floor, meaning stuff that people are dumping quickly that should be sold at the premium, i.e. that you can buy from the floor and sell relist for a premium, there's room for that. But if you're just buying floor ones, then you're just playing the, you know, the fluctuation in price, which is fine, but I think you can do better playing the fluctuation in price the current floor price is 1.41. Mm -hmm. Damn. Wow, oh, that's dip. It was 1.75 1. 1. for a little while there. Mm -hmm. I don't know what would be going on unless someone just dumped a bunch. People are very scared that the ape staking is going to be delayed. Not. Uh, maybe I'll buy one. Buy a biogenic. The floor on biogenics is 3.39. God, that's it. Buy me, send me a good one. The one on the floor is good. Where's his location on? Yeah, I don't have money. Someone buy it. All right, done. Oh, this is cheap on X to Y2. Go to X to Y2. No, I'm just joking. I'm not getting it. Right, so is no more no more questions on games? I mean I'm still waiting till there's a good game that comes out that they send you a free computer with it. That'd be freaking dope. <laughs> Also, okay, so I'm going to stop the recording there on this discussion oh, about shit, games. Oh, shit, recording. <laughs> <laughs>